keep your Bibles open to Colossians 3 because it's quite a long passage. So we need to uh, just go through it and um, sort of in a bit of detail. Uh, the first little bit, you could probably already see how it's linked in. It says in Colossians 3, 1 to 4, If you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Christ, who is your life. Last week we talked about how we are in Christ. We do things through Christ. Uh, we were talking about the uh, culture in um, Colossae at the time. Colossae is inland, modern-day Turkey. It was very much steeped in Greek culture. Um, and in Greek culture, they had a lot of gods. Colossae was a bit like Bendigo. There was a lot of different people from different nationalities. And there was a lot of different gods. And you could believe in a lot of different gods. And that's what they did. Um, and for Paul to say there is one God um, and not lots of gods and there is one way of getting to God was not kind of the way that they wanted in their society, much like our society. That belief in many gods was called syncretism, or it's a word for it, which just means that it's okay just to believe in your form of gods and philosophies and... Um, we can all do that. doesn't matter if it makes sense or not, but let's just do it. Do that. The other thing that was happening in from Greek culture and from a lot of the old philosophers was dualism, which basically said that anything spiritual, um, anything to do with gods was a good thing, and anything to do with the world or earthly or human things was a bad thing. And I just wanted to clarify, um, that is not what we believe. Jesus came as the Son of Man and the Son of God. And Brendan um, tapped onto it before. God came to save us. God created this world. God formed this world. Um, it is through Christ that the world was formed. Um, and so God cares about our human um, form as well as our spiritual form. And Sorry, um, Jesus is God. He is, it says he is, he is seated at the right hand of God. Our life should be hidden in Christ. Our identity is in Christ. Our position as Christians has moved from one of being in the world to being in Christ. And that changes pretty much everything about our lives. We were also warned last week not to go back on our old beliefs. What happens sometimes is we go, yeah, but I was more comfortable, like I'm now Christian, but I really want to put this part of it into my life or this part of my old life into my new life. Um, and when we read from John today, he was talking about Nicodemus. Uh, Jesus met Nicodemus, and this is the words from John 3. Jesus answered, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God. 
that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear a sound, but you do not know where it is coming from or where it goes. So it is everyone is with everyone who is born of the spirit. We're born again into a new life. And that's what Colossians is about, living in a new life. Our identity is not in the way we used to live. It's living in Christ. Continuing on in Colossians 3, it says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too also once walked, when you were living in them. Now, I don't know if you noticed in this particular area, but there's kind of two different sets of sins. Uh, It says, put to death for the first lot. And when it says put to death, it means that it means to kill them, suffocate them, destroy them, annihilate them, make them like a corpse. These things that we need to destroy in our lives are sexual immorality, sexual sins and adultery, impurity, keeping our heart unclean, passion. This is the bad version of passion because even in Greek, passion was had a good version and a bad version. The bad version um, that relates to lust and vile and depraved thoughts. Evil desire the desire for evil or criminal acts, loving what is bad, covetousness, which is idolatry, worship of false gods. We are greedy and desire to have more, often through extortion or fraud. I am guilty of these sins, and you may be too. We need to kill these things. God hates these because they are in defiance of God and our created being. We need to get out the weed spray. Use the antibiotics. We read Proverbs before, which has so many insights, and um, it's hard. It's hard in a big, big slab of Proverbs to pull out what it was saying, but it, it has so much wisdom in. It says, How much better do you get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. The highway of the upright turns away from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. So we've got those sins. We've crushed them, destroyed them, get rid of them. It reads down a little bit further, but you now must put them all, all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Now, most of you probably know we run a clothing business. We have a country clothing business. We go out to a paddock, set up a shop with lots of other people, places like the Elmore Field Days or the Denny Ute Master. We set up a shop and we sell clothing. And when I read this uh put away these, put off these things. I thought it's probably like clothing, taking your clothes. 
off to put on something else. Um, and that's exactly what this means. These things, um, some things like there can be righteous anger, but it says that we need to put off, when it talks about anger here, it talks about a heated or boiling anger, one that consumes the mind like being drunk. We need to put those things off. They might still be, we might still have a part of our character that has a good version of these things, but these things we need to actually put off. So we can put something else on, and that is what we find out a little bit later in the passage. We need to put off wrath, which is an indignation or a deep soul anger. We need to put off malice, wanting to cause evil or trouble or ill will to others. We need to put off slander, speaking evil of others, especially God or injurious speech. We need to put off obscene talk, filthy communication or vile conversation. We need to put off lying, deliberate falsehood or deception. Do you notice the difference with these? When I read through them and looked at the meanings of them, it's more to do with how we relate to others. So we need to put off things that cause other people to be pulled down, that come from our heart. It says, from what you speak, your heart is full of. We need to put these things off. When you go to work, when you go to church, when you're at home, we may each struggle with these differently. Let's go back to COVID, not literally, because we don't want that. But during COVID, there was people who had very, very different opinions. And um, some people said, and the way it was handled, and some people wanted everything open and some people wanted everything shut. And um, there was people around that it consumed their mind. And some of these people were good Christian people and all you could hear from their mouth was opinions about um, what should or shouldn't happen. And when we go out into the world, is that what being in Christ means? I don't think so. We put off that anger, that deep felt anger we, that we believe something is right. And we put on, in a minute, we'll find out what we put on. Things that happened during this time with people on both sides, they had anger they had indigna indignation. They were slandering other people. They were lying about different things. And there was people who claimed that God would agree with their opinion. Is that what we do in Christ? We could have an opinion, but do we put it on as who we are? Or do we put something else on? Let's continue in Colossians. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. There is no Greek or Jew, no circumcised or uncircumcised, 
no barbarian, no Scythian, no slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Now, just clarify, a barbarian in Greek culture was someone who spoke an unintelligible language. In other words, they didn't speak Greek. So we think of a barbarian as some, you know, great warrior type thing or someone. So often if people don't speak our language or different culture, we do put them down and that's probably where that came from. But this was just people who didn't speak your language. It doesn't matter in Christ. We're all in Christ. A Scythian was somebody who came from north of the Black Sea. Does anyone know what country is north of the Black Sea? It's Ukraine, Russia. So, and these people used to come down and um, sometimes they would try and take over places further south. But in Christ, we come from different places, different educations, but our identity is in him. It's not our nationality, our language, our cultural, traditional background, our educational suburb. It is in Christ. So we put off nasty attitudes, self-obsessed thinking, deceit, and inconsistencies that blind our heart. Proverbs 16.32 says, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit is better than... I put that in, he who takes a city. Now we can find out what we put on. It says, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, and a little bit later, and put on love. Like getting dressed in the morning, what are we going to put on? Compassionate hearts. Um, that can be translated pity, mercy. Uh, and pity is can be a good thing. We see it as often a, a funny, weak thing, but it's actually pity can be a powerful word. Kindness, moral goodness, integrity, generosity, humility, Lowliness of mind, humble opinion of myself, meekness, gentleness of spirit, mildness of disposition. I probably, I'm going to, when I talk now, I'm going to talk about mildness rather than meekness because I often don't think we understand meekness. So I'm talking about mildness because it's just the, you know, you, you're going along at, at a steady pace. You, you, you're not trying to change the world. You're just happy going along at that pace. You're not trying to change everybody. Uh, and patience, endurance, steadfastness, consistency. Above, on, above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, when I look at this list, as a bloke, you go... Oh, uh, you know, I want to put on um, strength. I want to put on uh, courage. I want to put on a lot of tough things. 
But that's not what it says here. You've put off all these bad behaviors. What are we going to put on? We're going to put on love, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, mildness, and patience. Why would we do that? Because when we understand the greatness of God and his love for us, we'll understand that living in Christ is the best way to live. We want to live humbly before God and trust in him. Put on love, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, mildness, and patience. This way we can show the love of Christ. Now the next long bit, um, there's a gap in, in there halfway through on your Bibles. And I kind of want to get rid of that gap because when you read the whole chapter, it talks about how once we put on these things, we can, um, it gives us pointers as to how to live in Christ. So let's just go through each of these one at a time. And um, bearing in mind that we've put on love, compassionate heart, kindness, humility, mildness, and patience. When we read the things we then do, it is not a cumbersome thing. It's, a, it's an exciting thing. It says, bear with one another, hold each other up in hard times, walk together and endure together. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive one another. As the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. Don't hold grudges. We all sin and grieve others. Let God be the judge of others. And above all things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you are indeed called in one body. His peace helps us with our anxiousness. If we truly trust in God, we do get anxious, but we don't need to be anxious. Be thankful. Paul, as we've learned in earlier weeks, is very thankful for the Colossians. We are grateful for Christ and for each other. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Trust in the Bible. Be eager to earn, learn more and to understand the depths of God's love. Teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom. Encourage each other in the word and warn each other in love and wisdom. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness to God in your, in your hearts to God. Come together to deliberately worship to worship and deliberately focus our hearts and minds on God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do everything in service to Christ. Wives, submit to your husband as is fitting to the Lord, and husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. We build strong marriages by putting on love, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, mildness, and patience. Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, 
lest they become discouraged. Build strong families with children who understand love and respect. Through humbleness, our children will not become exasperated or angry with us. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, sorry, of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord as if you are serving Christ. Learn to serve in your job. In Christ, we are not concerned with self-promotion or minimal work for maximum pay. We have a different perspective as everything we do at work is with, sorry, everything we do at work has to do with our identity in Christ. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. If you are a manager, do just that. Be just and fair. Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. There is no partiality. We are not called to be half-hearted. We are called to give and forgive. This is not a list of things that help, helps us with salvation. Having accepted God's grace through Jesus dying for our sins, we are born into a new life. This is a new way of living, a quiet service to Christ and to others in preference to our own desires. I am so thankful for reforming. When you do something new at reforming, you realize how many people are doing different things and you don't even know it. Um, there's people that do coffee, morning tea, meals, rosters, uh, the music team, kids' churches, kids' church and creche, people that prepare sermons, studies, teachings, the tech teams, the board, people that do the finances, cleaning, gardening, building maintenance, safe church, welcoming, small groups, men's and ladies' ministry, and events like last night at the carols. We have elders that spend time in prayer and working so we have a place to grow and be safe. They stand up for what is right rather than popular opinion. We're all encouraged to serve. And I hope that reading these things is an encouragement to you um, to get up and serve. But how do we do it? We put on compassionate hearts, love, kindness, humility, mildness, and patience. At Reforming, we have membership, which is something I appreciate. We commit to serving, to loving, to growing each other's faith. It confuses me sometimes when people refuse to become members. I just don't understand why you would not want to be part of a place where we're all committed to serving each other. It's very different to a membership of a different type of club. We're called, if you read Colossians, you'll, you'll go, well, why wouldn't I be a member? Life is busy, and um, I know that a lot of you are tired from 
different things that have happened in the last um, few weeks. But with Christ, um, we have an inheritance. Now, a couple, uh, a, probably 18 months ago, one of them, I've got uh, a lovely wife and four beautiful daughters. So if I'm a bit quiet sometimes, you'll probably gather why. One of my daughters um, said to us about 18 months ago, let's go hot air ballooning. Um, I, I want to take you all hot air ballooning, all the whole family. And so I just said, yep, let's do it. Um, the girls said a little bit longer. They said, yep, let's do it. Heather said, well, if you're all going and you, something happens, I don't want to be left, so I'm going to. <laughs> but none of the um, other men were game. So the six of us went hot air ballooning about a year ago. And um, we went down to Melbourne, stayed in Melbourne, got to Williamstown at some hour of the morning um, and all hopped in this big basket. And um, you don't always know what your emotions are going to do um, when you do something, uh, Brie, who organized it, she was probably the most scared when we got there, uh, and she was the one that wanted to do it. Um, but I was just intrigued by the whole, like, it was just <laughs> in the moment you hop in this big basket, you help get the huge, great big thing out, it's about 50 meters, um, and then they blow it up and you hop in the basket, and then up you go. And it was a really enjoyable experience uh, when you get up there and they turn the burners off and you're just floating through the air across Melbourne. Um, it really is enjoyable. I recommend it. I decided a couple of years ago to become more proactive. So instead of just... Um, asking some somebody asking me to do something to actually going, yep, I'll find something to do and do it. And um, I think in Christ we need to do that. Our faith should be, no, sorry, our fear should be replaced by faith. Now, you're not going to be able to serve in every way, but... Um, Find things that you can do and do them because sometimes we just sit on the sidelines, let the world go by, say, yes, I'm saved, but we don't actually get out and start doing stuff. And my testimony is when you start get out, getting out and doing stuff, God honors that and um, life is a lot more fulfilling. We're blessed by the ways we can serve. Um, the last couple of months, we uh, hosted a wedding at our house. Um, I raised a, I, I organised a movie fundraiser. Um, we've been able to help people move house. 
got up and sang a song at, at the camp. These are not easy things to do. They're not um, particularly comfortable things to do. But we're encouraged to just just do something. You won't be perfect. Um, even getting up and preaching, it's not something that I went, yep, I'd love to, that's my that's my gift, that's what I want to do. It's like, no, God can use that. God can use me, but God can work in me as well. And that's what I found. Um, just, I just encourage people to get out and do different things, new things, but do it in the strength of Christ and say, God, this is, my life is your life. Um, just let, give me things to do, give me things to do that will, that I can follow you. Especially at the moment, uh, the Grinches are away. If there's things that you can see around the church they're doing, if you can go to the elders, just say, um, can I help in some way? Because there is extra stresses with, with people away. So I know it's Christmas season and I know we're kind of winding down, but find ways to serve. There is a way today at after church, we've got to pull some of the kitchen apart. And um, good news, new dishwasher, new kitchen benches. Bad news, We've got to pull some of the kitchen apart. So if you're free after church um, and you want to help with that, that'd be great. Our identity is in Christ. You might need to find out more about Jesus. You might need to find out what it means to be born again. You might need to go to us for baptism, to signify the fact that you have died to your life and been risen again. We need to put to death that old way, the sins that entangle our hearts. We need to put off our attitudes, our things that we do to pull, that pull others down. And we need to put on love, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, mildness and patience. It's a choice in the morning, what you put on. It's a choice when you get home from work, what you put on. In Christ, we find ways to ser serve. And you'll find that both here, you have a blessing and an inheritance with Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that... Um, you sent Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you died for our sins, that we can be born again into a new life. We pray that you will help us to put on um, compassionate hearts, put on love, put on kindness, put on humility, put on mildness, put on patience. May we want to do everything in Christ and for Christ. We pray for your blessings on us, on our families, on our church, Lord God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.